Hello and welcome back to Jocks of All Trades, episode number eight. I am uh, I'm your first sponsor, Connor Lynch. I'm your second sponsor, Tyus Welcher, and we'd like to give a very special shout out to our third sponsor, John Fenewald's Landscape Company. Awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. So before we get into things this week, uh, we have some explaining to do. Uh, th- this podcast might be a little hard to follow. We uh, we recorded half of it like last week. This is now Tuesday, November 8th. We recorded half the podcast last week. We, uh, for some reason, didn't get around to finishing it. Um, so we're, we're, we're cleaning things up here today. We'll, we'll get it out soon. But the, uh, the college football, the starting five, and another segment were recorded last week. The NFL, uh, some three bets, maybe another segment or two recorded this week. So doing some time traveling. Hopefully that'll be fun. But to make up for the confusion, uh, we've got a lot of things to catch up on. And so I'm going to pass it over to Tyus for uh, a new segment. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, you guys should be over the moon with us that we made it this long without having to push back a week, seven weeks in a row, uh, staying on a deadline for something. I don't know if Peruser and I have ever stayed that consistent with something. Uh, but yes, new segment. Uh, we got a little gift for you to make up for our, our poor behavior. Um, nothing like some classical conditioning here. So this new segment is called News Flashers. Uh, and so kind of giving you the, the thought process behind the segment, uh, like we've said before, Bruiser and I are a couple of Mizzou journalism alumni. Uh, and since we've both gone on to careers in different fields, uh, we wanted to take this opportunity to show our chops and put our degrees to good use for once. So in this segment, we're going to read a few current event headlines of our own uh, and put our own classic spin on them. Um, so, Connor, before we dive in, do you have any questions for me, any questions for the audience, any questions for yourself? A uh, lot of questions for myself, but uh, as as it pertains to this segment, I'm really excited. We've we've talked a lot about how we wanted to get things involved with different hypotheticals. I think we've done a decent job with that, but hopefully this will, will let us touch a few more bases to start each show. So uh, without further ado, I think we hit our first ever news flashers. All right, so cue the music. Here we go. <clears throat> Miss Universe contestants Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico recently revealed that they secretly got married after meeting at the Miss Grand International Competition in Thailand. Now, people are saying this is not the first time a couple of people set on obtaining a universal crown with two S's at the end of their title secretly linked up in Latin America after a failed campaign in Asia. On election night in America, that's something even the staunchest conservatives seem to be letting slide. Moving on to sports, something else Floridians are willing to let slide is Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. The Dolphins won over the weekend and are now undefeated in games where Tua has started and finished the game. Moving on over to the technology industry, SpaceX owner Elon Musk faces backlash after buying Twitter, the social media app, and pledging to reinstate many banned accounts in the first months at Twitter. People are also saying that this is not the first time a NASA challenger has had difficulty with the launch. Thanks for joining News Flashers. All 
right. Uh, it is time for college football talk. And shockingly, we have some good news for Mizzou football this week. Uh, the Tigers get a big win against ranked South Carolina on the road. Uh, so so emotions are high. Uh, you know, maybe get a little more optimistic about this team. Um, but one of the biggest things about this week in the rivalry, quote-unquote rivalry, between Mizzou and South Carolina is that both college towns that these two schools are from are Columbia. So Mizzou is Columbia, Missouri, and South Carolina is Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, and so in light of this, our little hypothetical this week uh, is we're going to do kind of a, a variation of FMK uh, for places named after Christopher Columbus. So the three options here are residence, place to live, a vacation home, and a nuclear bomb of places named after Christopher Columbus. Connor, thoughts before we get into it? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, always good to bring home the Mayor's Cup. Uh, you know, I look forward to this matchup every year, have it circled on the calendar. Uh, and, and we own it, right? That's four in a row against South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, the Wendy special, four for four, baby. So, uh, so yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Um, I think we'll just go back and forth one at a time. So our first uh, first one is the residence, the, the marriage equivalent. Uh, what Christopher Columbus named place would you like to make your residence, Tyus? Uh, so I'm going, I don't think you'll like this pick, but I'm going with up to the north in British Columbia. Uh, and just real quick, a uh, couple things nature there. I was just in the Pacific Northwest a couple weeks ago for the first time. Uh, absolutely breathtaking. Really cool. Would be a great place to live. Hike right by the Pacific Ocean. So you got the beaches there too. Um, and so I think that would be a, just a very, a very calm, peaceful place to live. Okay, uh, I'm going to go against what I just said for strategy here, and we're just going to kind of go off the cuff and keep track of it as we go, because British Columbia was actually my vacation spot um, for pretty much all the same reasons uh, that you just mentioned. Uh, Pacific Northwest is beautiful. The, you've got mountains, you've got the like ocean area, um, hiking, a lot of different lakes, so many different things you can do, uh, but I don't know if I'd want to live there. One, it's Canada. And two, uh, maybe a little too cold full time. Uh, so that, that, to me, that was the ideal vacation spot. Um, and I guess maybe the next best thing to do is I'll give you my residency. Does that Great. work? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say real quick, I was concerned about the cold. Uh, but you mentioned Canada. The people are so nice up there. Uh, how do you have a problem with that, eh? <laughs> bad uh, bad healthcare free and bad i don't know um okay my uh, so my residence i uh it's basically already what i did for for 7 years and i'm taking columbia missouri um i love the midwest i think if you ask me where do i want to live the rest of my life like my top 10 15 cities would all just be in the midwest uh so i i have to have something there um close to mizzou a lot of sports. I could two-hour drive to get to a Chiefs or Royals game. So just practically, I like Missouri. I Columbia, you know. And as an undergrad, I was like, there's no way I could live here full-time. Once I got to law school, I started going to some more, you know, sophisticated establishments. I, I traveled out to some of the real neighborhoods. I started to see how this is a place that I could actually live full-time. So I'm going to Columbia. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any bad comments on that out of me. Uh, I obviously love Columbia very much, too. It's a great place to live, low cost of living, great proximity to everything else you want to go to. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say a bad thing. Number one, 
greatest golf course in the nation in Columbia, Missouri, in case you didn't know. That that's huge. Yeah, that, I that's a that's top factor on my list. Uh, I play about once every three years, and when I play, I like to have a nice course. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, only the best. Uh, exactly. Great. Well, I think that best thing to go here would probably be my vacation home. Then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm gonna go then down south, uh, and I'm gonna go to the country of Colombia. Uh, and so I think this is a good vacation home. I wouldn't want to live here, uh, just with obviously like the drug trade and. and you know, the, the crime and, you know, the cartel being down there. So it's probably not a place that I want to raise a family. Um, but the things to do and see there, uh, I've heard Colombia is just a very beautiful country. You got Cartagena right in the Caribbean, uh, beach town. That'd be cool. Uh, beautiful nature. There's hikes and beaches all over the place. Uh, there's this cool, I was looking up some, some fun facts about Colombia before this. There's this cool, like, buried or, like, hidden city in in the middle of the jungle that you can like walk through and it looks really cool. Um, so yeah. And, and again, like I mentioned, the, the drug cartels are there. So, you know, they've got parties. So that's my vacation. Columbia. Yeah. I like the pick. Um, the jungle stuff has always seemed so cool. And like those Pablo Escobar, uh, like fake document or what are those called? Biopics or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I've always thought it'd be a cool place to go visit the women there are just gorgeous Oof. so that's another thing you know couldn't live there i'd be tempted too much like dan orlovsky but uh just the occasional uh, vacation sightseeing uh definitely a good pick i like it awesome glad we're on the same page here uh what is your nuclear bomb okay my i am nervous for this um we might get we haven't had any cease and desist we haven't had any uh you know authorities come after us but i think i would bomb the district of columbia um almost nothing good comes out of that place it's toxic all the people suck uh i think we would be better off living like the lords of the flies just let the people govern themselves um get rid of the whole place and basically everything can be handled over zoom anyways so I don't know why we're putting all these stuffy, obnoxious, rich libs in one city, you know? Yeah, uh, you cut out there for a minute right after you gave your answer, Connor, and I got so nervous that just drum strike straight to the face. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> Lord of the Flies is an interesting place to go for... Uh, you know, advocating for anarchy because I don't think it turned out too well for those guys. Um, but otherwise, I like to pick uh, of all the planes to wipe out. You think uh, you get rid of some bad people taking out to DC, so so I'm okay with that. Ralph, Jack, and Piggy at least had a good time on their way out, though. <laughs> true, true, yeah, yeah. All right, who are you bombing, or where are you bombing? Uh, so I it will be bombing uh, nuking, in fact, Columbus, Kansas. Uh, and there's one thing I don't know. I don't know a ton about nuclear bombs, but I do remember, I think, once hearing that uh, there's like this residual radioactive cloud that affects people within a certain radius. So like, yes, the bomb explodes and like kills a lot of people that way. But then the after effects and like the radiation poisoning spreads out like far away from the explosion. Uh, and so I'm choosing Columbus, Kansas, because it's like 150 miles away from Lawrence. And so... Um, if I can take out those those dirty Jayhawks, uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, so that's my new. 
Yeah, I like that too because that's like actually a good answer in the sense that you're probably not going to harm too many people. Meanwhile, I went for like a, a really major city, so I did feel bad about that. I've got some friends in the D.C. area, and I would obviously give them a courtesy warning. Um, but but yeah, Columbia, Kansas, I didn't know it existed until I looked up places named after Christopher Columbus. Um, so I think that's a great pick. Uh, and like you said, little little uh, leak into Lawrence wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. No, sir. Not at all. All right. Well, that uh, that wraps up our college football talk, and we will be moving on to our next segment. Ding, ding, ding. Connor, do an exciting sound effect. Ka-chow! <laughs> Sal, indeed. That sound effect, you all know it. It means we got a new segment this week. Uh, and so this one's a little close to my heart. Uh, I think I've talked to the show. You know, I'm, I love to read. I'm a big reader. Uh, Connor is a, is a big reader as well um, sometimes. And so what we're going to do is just when there's kind of a slow news week and we're looking to fill some time, we're going to do a hypothetical that's related to whatever book, law, case, news headline we've read that week uh, and, and turned it into hypothetical. So this week, uh, you know, I'm currently reading a book on dinosaurs, just how they lived and, you know, the, the periods of time in which they lived and, and all that good stuff. Uh, and so the question is, we're coming up with a list of competitions that we think we could beat a T-Rex in. Um, now, there's one stipulation with this that I, that I want to put forth before we get into it. Um, and that's that the T-Rex has to understand the rules of the comp- competition. So you can't say, for example, oh, well, I say chess because the T-Rex doesn't know how to play chess. Or you couldn't say basketball because the T-Rex wouldn't know how to play basketball. If you say basketball, you have to assume that the T-Rex understands the rules and would be like trying to shoot and score and trying to block your shot, which might make it a little bit hard, harder. Uh, does that make sense, Connor? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah, I think we can get, get a, go ahead and get after it. Uh, why don't you start us off since you're the one uh, reading the dino book? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I should give you know some credit to the book. You know, give us some give us some free pops and some inspires. This hypothetical, it's uh, the rise and fall of the dinosaurs by Steve Brusati for all you reading reading listeners out there. I swear uh, the key so is pre- to just the key is to just put the rise and fall of before any book title, and it automatically makes it sound good. So. Yeah, yeah. The rise and fall of Jocks of all trades. The, <laughs> the rise and fall of Jocks of all trades. Okay, sorry the for that that uh, that intrusion there. Go ahead, kick us off. What's the first thing that you think you could beat a dinosaur in? Uh, I'm gonna go pretty chalk here. My first answer is just gonna be arm wrestling. Pretty self-explanatory. They got small arms. I have small arms too, but I think I could take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, you know, one thing that I think is tough with arm wrestling, I feel like the really good arm wrestlers, they kind of cheat a little bit and they get some body weight in there. You know, it's 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 more of a full strength thing. So I think if you can get, you know, really good officials, stick it to just the arms, uh, keep those elbows on the table. I like the pick. Great, great. What's your first pick? Uh, similar thing uh, in regards to the arms uh, and similar in the fact that I need there to be an official there. Uh, that that makes things go properly in the way they're supposed to go. And I'm going with boxing. Um, I've got the reach, plain and simple. The thing is here, I'm not I'm not claiming that I would knock out a dinosaur, a T-Rex. I would not do that. 
But what I would do, and what I've noticed, I've been betting on a lot of boxing, watching a lot of boxing, big boxing fan, actually. A lot of it is just landing punches and avoiding getting hit, right? The the dino can't headbutt me. He can't whip his tail. All he's got to do is be able to punch. And I don't think he's got the reach. I think I'd be able to land a ton of body shots. The target's huge. Him trying to block his body with those short little arms, he's done for. I'd beat a T-Rex in boxing. Body blow, body blow, body blow. Um, you don't think he'd be able to use his tail? Not in the rules. You can't kick people in boxing. I, I didn't pick like UFC or you know, the. I'm not in the octagon with the dinosaur. I'm in the ring. <laughs> yeah, your logic makes sense. I think if the tail's allowed though, and you can make the case a different appendage, you could take a, bar, a boxing glove on the tail. Then you're done for. If he can wipe you with your tail, his tail, you got no chance. Uh, but you're right. I don't think it's even going to be able to reach down and bop you on the head. So, so just on pure technicality, you probably would win. Well, that's how I mo- win most competitions. Is not by skill or strength or anything. It's just I I I maneuver amongst the rules that I'm in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so my next one, uh, I'm going to do one more with the little arm thing, uh, and that's going to be flip cup. Um, I just don't think the dinosaur is going to be able to reach the table and flip it over. Um, and his big head's going to get in the way, and it's going to get frustrated and, and loud and angry. Um, so I'm saying I beat the dinosaur and flip cup. That is a fantastic pick. I'm mad I didn't have it. Yeah, I'm like I'm imagining a T-Rex just like <laughs> fucking it up like ten times in a row and then just raging, kill it like bra- yeah, breaking the table. Oh man, we all have a friend like that. Uh, okay, my next one, um, I'm going to go with a ballroom dancing competition. Um, when I think of T-Rex, I think of force, I think of size, I think of a lot of good traits, um, for competitions, but what I know that they are not is, is swift, graceful movers. Um, you know, they've got heavy feet, they've got short arms, they can't do many, you know, dips and twists and spins. So uh, I think Lynn Goodman, Carrie Ann and Abba, and Bruno would give me like fours and the, the T-Rex about twos. So again, technicality, um, not something I'm good at, but something I'm better at than a T-Rex. Hey, and that's the name of the game. And I have to say that little impression you just did of the Dancing with the Stars host was superb. I thought I was transported back to eight, when I was eight years old watching that show with my mom. Like, can you do, can you carry Ann and Abba again? Carry Ann and Abba. My favorite, Abba. my favorite is from Lynn, a tit. <laughs> I watched that show oh. way too much with my mom. Mom, if you're listening, love you. Love you too, Connor's mom. Okay, um, cut so, that. What's that? I said, we're going to cut that. Oh, <laughs> cut it, cut it. Um, all right, my next one, I'm going to get away from the arms, and I'm just going to say, I think I could be a T-Rex in horseback riding. Uh, and this is kind of like you said, I don't think I'd be good at this, but I just the visual of a T-Rex trying to sit on a horse is hilarious to me, and that horse is not getting over. The little jumps has to do. Broken femurs, taking that horse out the pasture, splash. Um, and I at least can stay on for 15 seconds. So horseback riding is my pick. Yeah, technicality, good pick. Uh, hope Peter's not listening. Um, you you seemed really excited about the broken femurs and taking horses out to pasture. Um, 
my picks avoid animal cruelty. Uh, that's something I pride myself on. But alas, we'll move on. Uh, my next pick, my last sport-related thing, I'm taking volleyball. Uh, and hear me out. There's some strategy. I know that they know how to play. Uh, a big danger here is that they could just block uh, the balls at the net with their heads. That's allowed. But I think if I just yeah. lob it all the way over their heads, get it to the back row, make them make a couple passes, I don't think that they have the, the control. They obviously can't really use their arms well. It's going to get too tight into their body. And I don't think they have like the, the, the finesse with their tail or their noggin to, to really do much. And I think just a battle of attrition, uh, I would beat them out. They, w- they would mess up. I'd make them uh, commit some enforced errors. What do you think about the intimidation factor, though? Like, if you're at the neck and there's just a big tyrannosaur breathing down on you, roaring at you, do you think it's going to be in your in your mental headspace to, to make that shot? Again, that's the beautiful thing about volleyball. That's why it's one of the only sports I could pick, is there's a clear barrier that you can't cross the net, T-Rex. You know, you stay over there, I'll stay where I'm at, uh, and it's just a battle of skill, not a battle of strength. I don't think I'd be intimidated. I've seen enough of them in books. They eat grass, for God's sakes. Those little vegetarian. Uh, what? Don't don't T aren't T Rexes herbivores? You read no. the book. They aren't. Definitely not. Are you kidding me? Have you seen his teeth? I'm googling. One hundred percent. Oh fuck! They're cur- <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I uh, I don't I meant uh, they yeah that one fucked up there. Um, other dinosaurs that are herbivores though those vegetarians would be losers at just about anything. <laughs> agreed, agreed with that. Uh, I'm speechless. I got nothing. Wow. What are a lot of dinosaurs carnivores? I thought like almost all of them were herbivores. Uh I think it's pretty fifty fifty. Uh, we can talk about we can talk about this off the wavelengths i've had a couple bad fuck-ups lately just where i look like a complete idiot so for those of you who are out there thinking man this guy is a dummy i'd like to see you record yourself talking on the fly about things that you don't know well (laughs) i might need to read the book but anyways i've only got one more i think but tyus go ahead with uh with your last couple if you got them i don't know what's going on with me today i normally think those shots normally hit those (laughs) uh my last one is gonna be so it's a competition doesn't necessarily have to be like a game so my competition i'm gonna be a t-rex in is the bachelorette um and again just like most of these other picks it's not because of anything i'm bringing to the table it's what the t-rex is lacking um you know yes t-rexes are stronger than me yes they're taller than me i know a lot of girls like that um i've been told at least um but things that the t-rex has that are bad Number one, it's a carnivore. It's eating rotting carcasses. Uh, did you know that, by the way, Connor, that it eats meat? Uh, I learned that recently, actually, yeah. It, oh, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so it's eating dead bodies. Uh, can't imagine its breath smells great. Red flag. Uh, those sharp teeth, I wouldn't want to kiss those. Um, and just like, you know, the lack of, of social cues with the roaring and, you know, I don't know. I just can't even shake your dad's hands because it's got tiny arms. Uh, so I think I can at least make it past the first cuts where the T-Rex is probably getting booted off. So this anyway. is this is your first pick that I think you, you're just wrong about, and I'll tell you why. 
there is there is just a, a an unwritten rule that the producers every every season get a couple picks early on to to just carry on through the show the the bachelor bachelorette's not even interested in this person but they bring great content great drama to the show and if you're telling me you don't think a producer would keep a t-rex in at least through the first you know three or four episodes then you're wrong um and i don't want to you know bring you down here tyus but you don't have the best track record neither do i of wooing females so i think the two of us we're too bland we're too you know by the book we we might be the ones that get booted episode one where it's like, eh, you know, nothing special. Whereas, I, you know, maybe not by merits, but by process, the T-Rex will get carried through a few episodes. Yeah, shit, I, I think he got me. I didn't even consider the producers. Uh, you're 100% right. They're keeping the T-Rex around. Um, and so I think my only strategy at that point would just be to stage a fight with the T-Rex and make the Bachelorette choose between us. Um, but I don't think that would go in my favor either. So yeah, I guess... Yeah. I guess rely on my charm and charisma and see where that takes me yeah you got to do the strategy where it's like you you make her try to pick between you but then she can't figure it out in time so she keeps both of you and then does like a two-on-one date something like that i think that's the move but yeah um, yes okay this segment's running a little long but i've got one more that i want to share uh not real uh lengthy thoughts on it but it's just musical chairs um their donks <laughs> are huge so i think you know, if we had normal sized chairs, they would be able to box me out well, but I don't think they could like physically sit in the chair. So again, technicality, I, I think I'm beaten in, in musical chairs. Um, Not quick enough things. feet. They couldn't turn around. Their tail would be all over the place. Gotta be quicker than that, Jim. Uh, I, so two things. Can, if they sit down and crush the chair, does that count? Uh, I think it would be a loser. I've never played with anybody big enough to crush the chairs so i don't know that rule yeah i don't know because this is like your butt's gotta be on on the seat cushion and it would be so so i think that might count the other thing is that uh if you're, you're telling me if you're competing with a t-rex for a chair that you're gonna slide underneath it as it's sitting down yeah honestly you you i'm i would think this was a terrible pick I I yeah I, I was just thinking I'm quicker I could get to the chair faster but I did not account for the the them trying to sit on top of me I would I would take the L in that one yeah this no musical chairs game is worth that I'm hearing footsteps all over the place uh, but I like what you're thinking I like the quickness I like mixing it up okay well, did you have any more nope that's it for me all right that wraps up Dino Talk well, if you like chocolate cake. Um, and you eat a piece, uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how, that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then, uh, you, you need to, you're going to try to go get it if you can. All right. So like we mentioned in the intro, uh, a little bit delayed recording for this NFL segment, uh, for this week's podcast. So we're going to kind of do some housekeeping here, talk about the last couple weeks in the NFL. Uh, and so first things first, Tyus, Eagles, they've had two games. Uh, how are you feeling? What's been going on? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, they waxed both the Steelers and the Texans. Uh, just, again, kept the same momentum going throughout the season. They look good. They look in control. Um, Face a little bit of over unluck against the Texans, which I actually like. Uh, they've been... 
so ahead of the curve on turnover differential this year that it feels like that's got to catch up to them at some point. So I want to see them compete and play when they're not just taking the ball away from the team and keeping it the whole time. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll just be legends and, and keep doing that all year. So I'm feeling good about them. And, you know, Bruiser, uh, I'm going to whisper this to you because I don't want anybody else to hear it, but I'm kind of starting to believe that they can go undefeated. Uh, but, but don't tell anyone that. Uh, I, I don't I don't want that out there. Um, but I'm feeling real good. How are you feeling about the Chiefs? They had, I know they had a bye, but a big win uh, on Sunday night, right? Yep, yeah, just just got uh, done beating the Titans. That was one, you know, I've always said the Titans just have our number. I think we're like, it's like the one team Mahomes has a losing record against that with like more than three games played or something like that. Uh, they just wow. always have our number, beat us in big games. Um, it It's a tough team to beat, and I think it helped Tannehill not playing. Their pass offense was just awful. Uh, our defense is really good. Three rookie corners. All, all have stepped up. Um, so excited about that. At the deadline, kind of a couple weird moves. Got Kadarius Toney um, for like a second-round pick. Uh, traded away Rashad Fenton, which he's like a veteran corner, depth corner, who'd been pretty good. Um, cleared up some cap space, so people thought we were going to make a move, you know, just signing somebody. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, the the win against Tennessee was huge. Uh, close game. Love winning close games. Another come from behind win. I saw something. Probably going to butcher the numbers here, but I think Mahomes has now come from behind, been losing at half, and won the game in the last three games. First time any quarterback has has done that in their career. Obviously, the the caveat of that is we've been losing at halftime for the last three games, but a fun stat nonetheless. So excited about the Chiefs. Yeah, I I would love to see the numbers. Uh... And it's probably in the Chiefs' favor, but have they won more games trailing a half than they've lost in the past in the Mahomes era? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They, uh, I, I, that's a good thing that I'll look into. But I definitely know that. I think, I think they might even same thing for the fourth quarter. They have a winning record when losing going into the fourth quarter. I think even too. So that's a that's a good question. I'll pull it up, but I'm I'm almost positive the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Almost, almost makes you think that might be part of their strategy. Andy Reid, if we've seen one thing throughout his career, it's that he struggles holding on to leads and and doing the clock management at the end. Uh, and so, if you don't have a lead, you can't blow away the clock. Um, maybe that's it. I don't know. I like I like that zag. And and yeah, only concern right now is the run offense. Uh, we can't get anything going on the run. Um, not sure we have to, uh, but it'd be nice in in the playoffs. You never know. Have to go up to Buffalo in the in the cold if we get a windy day. So I, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, action there, but can't get too greedy. So we can uh, we can move on to our least surprising surprise of the last two weeks. Ty, what was yours? Okay, so my least surprising surprise was that a more and mine's from from two weeks ago on the record. I know we're doing the time swap thing, uh, so this is from week eight of the NFL season. Uh, mine is. A Moore lost his head after connecting with a walker who arrived from the West a few years ago. Uh, so many of you probably saw this 
P.J. Walker threw a 62-yard touchdown pass to D.J. Moore to tie the game for the Falcons against or against the Falcons for the Panthers. Um, but D.J. Moore took his helmet off in the celebration, which got a penalty, made the PAT further, uh, and then the kicker missed in the Panthers' loss in overtime. Uh, and so this is a least surprising surprise. It's not that surprising because of the Crusades, uh, where many Muslims, or Moors as they were known, Moops, if you're into Seinfeld, were decapitated by the Christian armies who marched to the Middle East from Europe, a.k.a. the West. Connor, what is your least surprising surprise? Yeah, I love that. Love that history getting brought in because mine is not very historical. But my least surprising <laughs> surprise comes from week nine. And it's it's not something that happened on the gridiron. But it is uh, it is cousins getting invited to the cookout. Uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> was lighting it up on that flight home. Uh, he was iced out, shirtless, with the entire team losing their minds. Uh, I feel like Kirk Cousins has always been the the guy getting laughed at, but he was uh he was you know getting laughed with on that plane. He's kind of embraced being a loser, uh, and it's awesome. So Kirk Cousins invited to the cookout with all the uh all the Vikings players cousins get invited to the cookout for being family so that's my least surprising surprise uh, i love that and uh one thing that's kind of going under the radar about that video is that her cousins looks freaking jacked man you might as well call him girth cousins the way he's popping out of them sleeves uh dude, dude honestly, what did you th- yeah he uh like it's one of those things where he's one of those guys where you look at him playing football and you're like oh you know probably like a pretty similar body type to me like you you can't really tell on the pads, but yeah, seeing him shirtless was just like, God damn, you know, he's he's a specimen. Yeah, he's got abs. Kirk Cousins should not have abs. Right, 100% agree. So, uh, yeah, I think two greatly surprising surprises there. Uh, season total showdown. So we're going to do two weeks. The goal here, you know, 16 teams in each conference. We want to get them all done by right after week 16 so that, uh, you know, there's at least a couple of weeks where you're having to actually predict. So we're going to do two weeks here. Um, Tyus, I think it'd be easier if we just did both AFC teams and then both NFC teams. Great. Great. So that works for me. First. You want to go ahead? Oh, yeah. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Uh, yeah, my AFC teams um, from week eight, I took the Bills over 11 and a half games. Feeling a little bit less about now after loss to the Jets, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, integrity. And for week nine, I took the Ravens over 10 and a half wins. Um, I like their schedule. I think they're on the right track. Uh, who are your AFC teams? Yeah, so my week eight was the Ravens. Uh, took them over eight. Or took them over 10 and a half in week eight. Uh, so good win this week. I think that offense is finally starting to, uh, to get going and defense looks good. Then in week nine, I took the Raiders under eight and a half. They're now two and five. They look awful. There's no chance they have a winning record. So those were my AFC. I'll hop over to the NFC now. Week eight, I took the Seahawks over five and a half. Still didn't take them. Still hadn't taken them, I should say. Um, But that one's pretty much a lock at this point. You already got them. And week nine, I took the Packers under 11 and a half. Great. Uh, I prematurely tailed you on the Packers. They were my pick for week eight, uh, under 11 and five as well. Um, or 11.5. And for week 
nine, I belatedly tailed you and I took the Vikings over nine and a half wins. I uh, can't say no to Kirk and that bling. I know you took them week one, so I won't say much about that. Uh, but yeah, we're riding together. Yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. We're we're getting at a point. Just so I'll, I'm going to go through now uh, really quick since we recorded this faster than I thought we would. The teams that neither of us have picked uh, in their win totals. So the Saints line is eight and a half. Neither of us have taken them. The Rams line is ten and a half. Neither of us have taken them. Bears five and a half, and Cardinals eight and a half. Those are the NFC teams neither of us have gotten on. Then in the AFC Titans nine and a half, Chargers ten and a half, and Browns eight and a half. So still a few teams out there that both of us have uh, have been scared to to decide on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. You're fucking crazy. I can't turn down free money. You got a bit. All right, we're going to do some three bets here. So to recap from a couple weeks ago, uh, I had the Phillies plus one and a half games in the World Series. Uh, Astros won in six. So I barely lost that one. Tyus, you faded. You're a wiser man than I. Uh, so you started one and oh, but uh, everything went to shit after that. Because I had the Colts minus two and a half versus the Commanders. You tailed. That did not win. I had the Jets plus one and a half versus the Patriots. You tailed. That did not win either. So I went uh, 0-3. You went 1-2. You might need to start fading me some more. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, and I just can't believe we both bet on the Jets to beat the Patriots. I don't know what we were thinking. But it's a new week. We're going to get together. Or I'm just going to fade you some more. We'll see. Yeah, having having to rely on Zach Wilson and Sam Ellinger that week was a was a miserable experience for myself. So, um, didn't do any bets last week. I did, um, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, not worry about any bets for week eight. Uh, we have one that we will talk about in in a potential bonus pod coming up, uh, potentially later this week, early next week. So stay on the lookout for that. But we're gonna jump right ahead to bets for this upcoming week, week ten. Uh, of the NFL and, and the college football surrounding. So I've got three bets here. I'm taking three teams on the road, all close favorites. So first one for you, I'm taking LSU minus three at Arkansas. LSU really seems to, you know, turn the page. Uh, a brand new team. Arkansas looks like dog shit. I think they lost to Liberty this week, right? So they did. Uh, that was just a, an I bet. I'm probably missing something there for this spread, but taking LSU. Uh, yeah, I'm unfortunately tail you on this one. Uh, I do think LSU's turning around. I think they're the real deal. Arkansas is going straight to the stinker. Um, so yeah, Tigers are eat uh, every time. They never beat the Tigers there in Arkansas. So yes, uh, I'm tailing. Okay. Uh, so tailing LSU minus three. My next one, Iowa State minus one at Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, I thought they were the real deal to start the season. They have absolutely sucked the last two weeks. They've got they got shit pumped by Kansas State and then beat bad by Kansas. So no faith in them. Uh, it's more of a fade them than a pro Iowa State pick. But that's my uh, that's my second bet. Yeah, I don't know much about Iowa State other than that they've been struggling this year and that their coach might be on the hot seat. Um, and you said this is that game is at Oklahoma State. It's in Stillwater. Correct feel like they don't lose at home a lot. So I am going to be true to my word. I'm going to fade you on this one. 
Okay, yeah, I I don't blame you for not knowing much about Iowa State. I don't either, but uh, I've watched Oklahoma State two weeks. Can't uh, can't imagine them turning things around. Uh, my last one going to move to the NFL. Like I said, another road favorite. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints minus two and a half at the Steelers. <coughs> uh, they've looked good. Defense has looked really good. Steelers are ass uh, again. Kind of just picking against bad teams this week. Yeah, for Jekyll and Hyde this year. So this one absolutely could go either way. Um, but the Steelers are bad. Um, so I'll tell you, too. Because uh, that's the nice thing is that if I'm wrong here, um, and I tell you, I, we're in misery together. I mean, you can't make fun of me because you were wrong. But if I'm not sure and I fade you and I'm wrong, then I just look like a complete idiot. So I'm not going to fall for that. I'm going to tell you, um, despite your best efforts. Yeah, I think some uh, some gamesmanship there. It's always like, a, what? who is it? Tony Dungy's always got like a two-game lead in week 14 of the NFL picks. And then he's always the last to pick and just does whatever the majority of other people take. So I get it. You know, you got a, a small lead on me for now, so you're just wanting to maintain it. You're a little scared. Uh, but But can't knock you for it, so can hang on dearly yep that's right all right well that wraps up three bets uh and we'll move on to the starting five for this week get excited our enemies are innovative and resourceful and so are we they never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people and neither do we thank you hodor hodor you know what time it is it is starting five time we're going to close out our episode here um and we've got a very special guest one of our, our best listeners from the start, one of our closest friends from college, uh, probably the biggest Mizzou fan you ever meet in your life. Uh, super nice guy, but he had something mean to say to us last week. Uh, and he was very critical of our House of the Dragon uh, little segment because we didn't actually talk about House of the Dragon. And I don't know about you guys, but I think it was Gandhi who said that you should be the change you want to see in the world. So Kale Gerstner, our buddy, our pal, be the change you want to see in the world, my man. We're talking House of Dragon. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, also, just just want to give give Kale his flowers here. Uh, we uh, we stole an idea from him earlier in the in the podcast. The Would you rather have your arms be tennis rackets or fill in the blank? Was an idea of Kale. So if that doesn't uh, go to show the the brilliant mind we have on this draft, uh, I don't know what will. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks. Shout out. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are gonna be so impressed, Kale's picks and his brain is just general knowledge just be ready to be blown away all right uh tyus why don't you uh why don't you hit us with today's starting five okay so we are talking house of dragon but we're mixing it up a little bit getting a little creative so our starting five is has to do with game of thrones and everybody knows that one of the biggest parts of game of thrones is the council room people sit in it and talk policy about westeros decisions get made it's one of the best parts of the show, in my opinion. So our starting five, we're taking the top five characters from either Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon that you would want to have on your small council if you were a king or a queen. Uh, there's one little catch here, though. One person has to be specified as the hand, so you have to choose who's the hand, and one person has to be specified as your wife or husband, um, so you have to choose that as well. Any questions, Kale or Bruiser? Nope. Yeah, so the other the other three to make up the five are just wild cards, just just people you want in your room to help you make the decisions. So, 
We uh we did the wheel of names before we started recording. He's on a bit of a hot streak with the first overall picks. Tyus, uh, you're starting us off. Who's gonna be one one? Yeah, the wheel of names has, has really been loving me or hating me, depending on how you look at it lately. But uh, I'm gonna go with my one one here. I don't know if this is gonna be the consensus one one, but I gotta stay true to me. I gotta trust my big board, trust my instinct. My scouting ability. And I'm going to get this one category knocked off the bat right away. I'm taking Marjorie Tyrell, uh, and she will be my wife. No one can take this away from me. Uh, a couple things here. She's an absolute babe, uh, but she's still incredibly crafty and cunning. I think about all like the alliances she makes. She's first with Renly, and then he gets killed, and she's able to you know use some political maneuvering, and then is engaged and betrothed to Joffrey. Realizes that he's you know. A douche pickle uh and so she helps plan to kill him uh and successfully does so without ever getting any accusations or suspicions on her and her family um then you know seamlessly transitions to become queen of the seven kingdoms with Tommen. uh played the high sparrow like a fiddle when he was kind of like you know trapping her and throwing her in jail in the inquisition season um her brother's a great warrior so i want to have him on my side and uh she's from a wealthy family and finally, like I mentioned before, just an absolute babe. So Marjorie Tyrell is my pick. Yeah, not a shocker. You've always been a Marjorie uh, fanboy there, so not surprised. Um, you know, she checks two main boxes, like you said, the looks and, and money. But the biggest con here is the loyalty. Like you said, dude, she she, she got Joffrey uh, the axe. She, she's she's just looking out for herself, just trying to be, be uh, next to the throne. So I'm looking for a wife in this situation that I can trust um, and a babe. And I think there's a few options out there that might be a little better off. I mean, I think anybody that knows Tyus knows that this was going to be the one one. So <laughs> not surprised at all. But I mean, I think, you know, also if if you're married to Joffrey, you got to know that. I mean, that's just not going to work out. So I don't I don't think that on. I think that anybody would have killed him so she gets a pass for that one yeah yeah i'd be more concerned if she didn't want to kill joffrey like i think you know i'll say this about myself i think i would be a better husband slash boyfriend than joffrey i don't know i think i feel comfortable going on the record saying that i think she'd be more comfortable with me time will tell time will tell but uh alas (laughs) we will move on to my uh my pick i'm up second in this draft and I, I've been talking all day about how there's a clear 1-1. One, one. Uh, and this is somebody who, you know, I'm not going to make them my hand, and I'm not going to make them my wife, but I need them at the table, and I'm taking Bran the Broken. Uh, not the most sexy pick here, but this guy has an insight that no one else in Westeros has. He's got a mind of the future. Uh, spoiler alerts, by the way. I'll give like three seconds for you to get out if you don't want to hear, hear this. I don't care what you say about the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, they got it right. It was a perfect decision to give Bran, uh, put him at the helm. He's got all the info you need. Uh, he's somebody I want on my side. Are you serious about the ending? Yeah, I think... I think I think he deserved to be king. I, if I was running Westeros at the end of that, I would have voted for Bran. He can see the future, dude. He can warg. I'll get to that later, hopefully, but I, I don't know why you wouldn't want him. <laughs> I think that's a super interesting pick. I don't I don't hate it, but his story... Oh, boy. 
So I don't know. I I think it's a fine pick, but it's an interesting Again, first round. Not pick. sexiest, but I think it's I think it's the best. I think it's the smartest decision. That's fair. I had two thoughts. I actually had a couple thoughts on Brand. Um, because he does know everything that happens at Westeros. Does he know the future? I think he just can see the past. I don't know if he can see ahead. I thought he could see the future too. I don't know. I don't know about that either. Yeah, because isn't that like well, the I'm whole ending? Isn't that like the whole ending? He can like predict what what's gonna happen, and that's how he saves. And like the big war against the the White Walkers, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. All right, I'll give him that. We'll give him that. But two things. Number one, you have to deal with his creepy ass stare all the time. I don't know if I want that looking across me from the table. Uh, and two, he might turn you into Hodor, um, and I don't want that to be me. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a, that's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm the king. He'll listen to me, um, but I want it. Want his wisdom. So, Kale, to you for your first two picks. Who are you going to take? I mean, I'm, I'm struggling, but I think I kind of got to go. I gotta go chalk here with with my wife, and I think since Marjorie's off the board, I don't know if I love the pick, but I just gotta do it. So I gotta go with my girl Danny. The Targaryen game gotta be the gotta be the first pick. I know she went a little bit crazy there at the end, but man, she was an exciting character. She's she'd be a great wife. She would maybe try and go for the throne, but that's okay. It's she's my wife, so. It- <laughs> Yeah, definitely the hottest option on the board by by a large margin in my eyes. Something about our Targaryen woman just really uh, tickles my fancy. And like you said, you can knock the 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 very end, but if we're just going off like one off moments with these characters, almost all of them have like terrible things about them. And for six ish, seven ish seasons, she was almost a flawless character, a good leader, a good person. Sure, she let call Drago like rape a bunch of people but she was still she had a lot of redeeming quality she's a loving person i love the pick kale yeah yeah you gotta get the dragons on your side um so i love that um i think what you said about her wanting to be in charge instead of you would be true i'd be worried about that um but that's just me i i i love danny as well so i think she's a good person to have on your side yeah it's something i'm willing to work past you know (laughs) All right, who's your uh, who's your next pick going to be, Kale? Um, well, I'm going to take another leap um, like Connor did. I don't think – I don't know if he's a second rounder, but I couldn't let him fall. Um, I'd be mad at myself if I didn't get him. Just an all-around amazing guy. He's always got your back. Super loyal. And that is Samuel Tarly. Damn, good pick. <laughs> amazing guy. He's a, I mean, he could be your maester. He just knows it all, super loyal. I mean, what more could you ask for a guy? Yeah, yeah I had I, I had two words down, loyalty and learned. That dude is always reading the books. He's got the info. He's got the knowledge. Uh, and, yeah, good family man, good guy. Uh, great pick. Uh, that's, I didn't even think about him. That's hilarious. I don't think you could have gone for two polar opposite characters more than Danny and Samuel Charlie. Just, in terms of looks, personality, everything, just complete ends of the spectrum. Um, I think he would be very loyal. I don't know about his political savvy. Uh, didn't he get, like, his the king of the Night's Watch, whatever that guy's name was, didn't he get him killed because he was dating that uh, inbred girl up north? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but you can't blame that on him. That's not his fault. 
Yeah. He wouldn't do it again. He's a good guy, Tyus. He's a good guy. <laughs> he means well. Um, okay, to me. Uh, I don't want the, the listeners to, to think differently. I just wanted to get it out there. Uh, I love the wife that I'm going to have in this. Um, but both of them already have their wives. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt on my wife for now. And, and, I'm, uh, and I'm taking somebody named Tyrion Lannister. Uh, from the Lannister house, definitely the, the most... Uh, admirable the one you could tolerate being around the most uh i like that he's a lannister he's got familiarity with the coin he has some good financial advice uh he's got some some war strategy and most of all just the politicking the the people talking the schmoozing i can just throw shit out there uh chop it up with him he'll he'll you know make fun of me keep things light but but he's wise beyond uh beyond what's the word i'm looking for beyond measure wise beyond measure uh, so I'm taking uh, I'm taking Tyrion. Uh, yeah, I, I love the pick. I couldn't believe he fell this far. I was over here drooling at the thought that he might fall. Back to my second round pick, I was I was titillated, Kale, titillated. Um, and one other note, thank you. Uh, one other note I wanted to to mention on Tyrion is that I think he would strike the right balance of knowing that you need to blow off some steam to successfully complete work and, you know, be a good ruler of the seven kingdoms. Um, so he's going to get the work done. You're going to work hard. You're going to get the meetings. You're going to plan how, how to rule, but you're also going to go and, and have a good time afterwards, throw back some drinks with him with the drinking games, you know, get away, forget about all, you know, the problems of the kingdom and, and, you know, be a real person too, not just a king. Uh, so I love the pick. Yeah. And I also love the pick. I'm also honestly surprised. I didn't pick him with one of my two picks. Um, he was at the top of my list, but he had a couple things that were worrying me, I think, you know, there towards the end of the seasons. Um, I mean, I think he led Danny astray, and she's obviously my wife, so I want her to, to go the right <laughs> way. I think, you know, he had a couple mess-ups that uh, they just, they led me to be a little bit cautious. So I think it's a great pick. Can't knock it at all, but yeah, just yeah. a couple... Yeah. And Kale, if it's any uh, if it's any consolation, I w- Samuel Tarley would not have gotten back to you. So if you had to pick between them, you weren't getting both. Um, but Tyus, we are now on to you for your next two picks. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I think I'm gonna have some unpopular picks here, but you know what? I gotta stay true to myself. Let's see how it goes. Uh, for my second pick, I'm gonna go ahead and take my hand as well. Just get that out of the way, uh, and I'm taking. Tyrion's father, the guy that taught him everything about politicking, and I'm taking Tywin Lannister. Now, now you might be thinking first. I think the first thing that's going to come to your mind is, well, wait a second. He's just going to run the kingdom on your behalf. He's going to try to hold the levers of power. He's going to try to do all these machinations behind your back, and he's going to be the real king. Uh, and to that, I say, great. Go for it, Tywin. Run the kingdom. He knows how to deal with money. He knows how to keep things at peace for the most part. Under Robert Baratheon, he was doing a good job while he was hand, uh, and even for the king before that. So he's got a lot of experience. And then with him in charge, I can just do all the fun things that a king needs to do. I can go on hunts. I can, you know, go be among the people. I can have feasts with all the other nobles. So for that reason, uh, I'm going to have Tywin be my hand. Yeah, I, I, you're right about one thing, and that's that I'm not going to like that pick. Um Sure, sure. On merits, he's a good pick. You know the knowledge, the 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 resume is good, but 
But this dude is just a bona fide stick in the mud. He's an asshole. He's never having a good time, never smiling, always just being a, you know, a hard nose father, ruler, just, you know, always by the book, straight up asshole. So I would not want to spend time with him. I think like, like why I picked Tyrion, this is somebody you're going to have to spend a lot of time with. Bran is just going to, you know, jack off in his little wheelchair thing. And Tyrion and I are going to be hanging out. Tywin will be assertive and a stick in the mud. So I'm out on that pick. I mean, Bran might literally be the most boring character. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to, he's not going to kill the vibe. He's not fun, oh, okay. but he's not going to kill the vibe. Tywin's a vibe killer. All right. Well, Tyus, I think Tywin's actually a pretty good pick. He was yeah. on my list. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you just look at all of the characters, and he might be the oldest person in the show, and I think that goes a long way. It shows that he's a smart guy, a cunning guy. He can live a long time, um, and he's just got a ton of money. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick. Thank you, Kale. See, audience listeners, I told you Kale's a smart guy. Uh, so I appreciate the feedback, man. Uh, that's going to get me into my next pick. Uh, and I think this person could probably fall. I want to make sure I have her. Uh, so question first. Um, I know I already have my wife. If I pick another woman, lady, could I have her as my wife as well? Or am I just limited to one wife here? Limited to one wife. Ah, got it. Uh, but this woman is no lady uh, because she is Mysaria, first House of the Dragon character, the White Worm. Um, and the reason I'm picking her uh, is it all comes down to this network of spies that she has in, in King's Landing. We saw at, spoiler alert, one of the episodes, there's a character that went missing. She knew that the character went missing before anyone in the, in the castle did. Found him, kept him to herself and was able to like sell him back for a huge profit but she's got this whole network of spies and people throughout the city if you're in the king if you're in charge you want to be informed she's going to do that to you um and she's also common born so i think it's going to be easier to keep her loyal to you uh you can incentivize her being on your side you can raise her up give her land give her privileges um so I think she'd just be an asset to any any king's table uh and I'm going to refrain from making any more white worm joke um, just because this is a classy podcast, and I'm not going to go there. Yeah, off off the uh, off the board pick there, you know, so somewhere out out in the radar it wasn't on my list. Definitely a lot of a lot of good side. I'm not sure we got to see enough of her for me to really gauge her her personality, her skill sets. She seems kind of like a you know just a gold chaser, like she's just taking in this money to get or taking in this information to sell it and get money. I'm not sure she cares about the you know the peace or the, the well-being of you as king or, or Westeros in general, for the matter. Um, I think she's kind of out for herself. But the network, the uh, the info, the intel, all all strong perks. So average pick, I would say. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think there's just not enough information about her. I, I She wasn't even on my radar. Um, I didn't even remember she was a character. But, I mean, I think your logic makes sense. I think it makes sense that, you know, that's – something that you'd want as a part of your spawn council but yeah interesting pick um, is, she, is she gonna cause more problems than she'll help like she she kidnapped Aegon, right yeah well here's the thing like she hasn't been working for the for the royal family yet if she was like on my side and working for me then she would have the information for me she just got the information for herself because she is working for herself right now that's my thing is i think th i think that's who she is i think she's a she's a selfish little just i'm gonna stir some shit and you're gonna pay me um i think she's a she's born to be on the streets 
Well, that is wildly offensive to her background, Connor. How dare you say that? <laughs> uh, okay. Any any last thoughts, or can I move on with my That's next? That's all I got. Pick? Okay. You're okay, your pick. <laughs> um, so you you uh, you instilled a little bit of fear in me there. Um, the fear being, uh, I'm concerned that the woman I want as my wife might get taken to just being part of the council. So I am going to take my wife now. It's somebody I really want. Um, also a House of the Dragon character. I'm taking Rhaenyra. Uh, I already mentioned the Targaryen women just do something to me. I'm, I'm very attracted to it. I think the biggest uh, travesty of House of the Dragon is that we didn't even get one episode of Rhaenyra in like late teens, early 20s, where, where she would have just been at the peak of her looks. Uh, we kind of jumped from 14, where I will withhold any opinions, to, uh, you know, being a mom and kind of being outside, out, outside her prime. So that's just one little side note. In terms of the actual ability of her as a, as a counsel, I think the best thing about her is she didn't even really want the throne, but she was just, you know, obsessed with her duty. It is my duty. And from a wife, I love that. I want you to know your duty, you accept that duty, and you roll with it. Uh, and I'll grant you power. Uh, I, I would love Rhaenyra to be making decisions. She showed there at the end of uh, season one that she's not going to start wars, uh, but she'll she'll damn well finish them, to be determined. Um, so I love Rhaenyra. Uh, happy to marry her. I was I was thinking, yeah, she was... Well, I thought about it as well, but I, I mean, I thought young Rhaenyra was awesome I'm not so great grown up Rhaenyra at the moment so sounds like Connor thought young Rhaenyra was awesome too Connor withheld his opinion (laughs) (laughs) yeah he did good but I don't know we'll see what the next couple seasons hold but I mean yeah interesting I mean she's got a dragon so that's that's a plus as well and the only con I could think yeah dragon was huge the only con I could think of is you know she she had the side hustle but I would be able to satisfy her way more than Sir Laner. I can guarantee you that. And I'm not even, that's nothing about myself. That's just saying I, I have it in me to, to, to do something. So hard work speaks, beats talent when talent won't work hard, Connor. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, uh, uh I, real quick, I think it's a terrible, um, I, I like Rhaenyra. I think she's a good character. I'm rooting for her queen, but I don't think she'd be a good advisor simply because she's so impulsive. Um, oh, yeah, you need level heads leadership, and I don't know that she'd beat that level head. I don't think she is impulsive, dude. She found out that, that they were trying to take her throne, and she sat back. She said, I'm going to make them throw the first punch. She sat there and said, I'm not going to start this war. Yeah, That's, that's the opposite of impulsive. That is true. She was one of the only ones that didn't want to start the war. So. Yeah, that's fair. She was going to get whacked if she did, though. But like, there's her whole like growing up and everything else in the show. I think we've seen her to be pretty impulsive. So maybe she's changed. I hope she had. Uh, but we'll see. Good mom, too. I think she likes her kids. So Yes, uh, yes. That's the last note. Uh, Kale, your next two picks. Yeah, so we're just going to keep it rolling with these House of the Dragon picks. Um, but far away, my favorite House of the Dragon character so far. Um I don't even think it's close. I think he is an awesome person, and he's going to... He's going to... He has not had these duties yet, but Corliss Valarian, just an awesome person. He's... I mean, he could be your master of ships. He can... He's got dragons. I mean, he just wants 
the best for his family and the best for the realm. And I don't think you can have a better pick here. I'm just being honest. Yeah, he was my next pick. Kid. I think the most valuable thing about him, besides the dragons, is the fleet of ships. I think that's going to be really helpful. Um, so I like it. And he's awesome. Corliss is a cool name. Yeah, bona fide badass. Like, and and you need a you need a badass in your council. Um, what was his big shtick? You know, it's it's he cares more about the name than the blood. That's one thing that I I I don't know how I feel about that. You know, he he would rather have the Valerian name hold on than you know Reyna and Bela, who are now Targaryens, take over Dragonstone. So that's one thing that I thought was really interesting. I loved that little mini plot line. Um, I'm not sure how that relates to him being on the council, but but I think there's some pride there, but maybe not pride that would obstruct the peace of the realm. So I, I like the pick. Badass guy. Cool, cool, uh, cool guy to have around. Cool. I, I mean, yeah, great guy. Uh, moving on to my next pick. I, I've, I struggle with this one, but I think I alluded to it when I was talking about Corliss, but he just wants the best of, for the realm. He said that over and over again um and i think he's just such an invaluable asset to have um and i'm going lord varus um master whispers just will i mean yeah he can get you any information that you want and he is just looking out for the best of the realm but i don't i yeah he's a interesting person but i think he would be a great person on the small council he's the bald guy right he's the eunuch yeah 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 (laughs) yeah he for me that's another i forget who it was earlier where like utilitarian wise he'd be a great guy to have like a lot of good info a lot of good judgment advising um not a good hang like every time he was on the screen i was cringing during game of thrones i hated him um but that what? that doesn't assess his his uh, ability to to counsel and advise. So Connor is just choosing the characters he wants to go to Las Vegas with. He's yeah. he's, he's the Robert Baratheon. There's a and happy medium, dude. His first pick is Bran. I'm not gonna let him win that. Bran is like Bran is like the only person who has an actual superpower. Like if you want knowledge, take Bran. He can just see the entire I, Seven Kingdoms. I don't Anytime. disagree with that, but you keep going back. Do you want to hang out with these people? And so I got my one guy course. that gets me all the information, and then I, the rest of them is just happy mediums, smart people, uh, but but not not sticks in the mud. Well, yeah. Just my just my strategy. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I've seen my bears too, Kale, and I ultimately went for the Mysaria girl over him, just because, like you mentioned, Varys's whole thing is that he's committed to the good of the realm. And he's going to do whatever he thinks is in the best interest of the entire realm. And so I think we saw several times where he like flip-flopped on people he was supporting. And so I would just be living in constant fear that if I was not doing my job well enough, boom, there he goes and there's a plot to get me. Um, But I think all your arguments make sense. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I don't hate the pick. I just, I didn't like watching him on screen is all. Um, But anywho, on to my next pick. (laughs) Uh, this is a guy that I, I had him circled. He was number three on my entire big board, um, but I knew he would slip, so I, I, I strategically let him fall to the fourth round here for me. This is a guy who advised like no other and fought like no other, and I'm taking Jorah 
Mormont. Uh, he basically took Danny from just little brother of, of that weird Targaryen guy to Khaleesi to all the way up to basically running the show. Um, and that was a lot of his prudence and judgment and advice combined with that dude's ability with the sword. He can fight like no other. He can protect me if, if shit gets going rough. So this was a guy I needed in my council, needed on my team, Jorah. And just a great hang as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool guy, cool guy. But I think it's a good pick. I I mean, yeah, he was never. I think he was a, yeah, he was a good one. So I don't hate it. Yeah, great loyalty pick. I'm less convinced about his brains and political savvy. Like, I don't know how much he helped any with the politics part, other than just being loyal and being a good swordsman, like you said. Um, 10 out of 10, like, stare into the distance. Uh, smolder is on fire. Um, and you need that if you're around dragons. So, so I don't mind. I don't, I don't hate the pick. Okay, yeah, that's enough of that. Um, Tyus? That's going to bring it back to me. I'm going to continue this trend of pick here. Uh, and I'm going to go with Sir S-E-R Seaworth, uh, right-hand man to Sam's Baratheon. Uh, and just a couple quick things. He's common-born, but loyal. So I think he's he's not ambitious or politically motivated. Uh, so he's going to be on my side. He's going to be helping me. Um, but he's a smart guy. He's capable. He's able to survive till till the end. Spoiler alert. Which not characters are able. Um, and he also has a very strong sense of justice. Um so, but with that sense of justice is willing to break the rules when the time calls for it. So when, I think it was during Robert's Rebellion, uh, he was like, he's the Onion Knight, right? He was, he was sneaking in onions to Storm's End to feed the people that didn't have food to break the siege, breaking the law, but he was doing it for the common good, doing it for the good of the people. But then he recognized that when everything was said and done, like he was a hero, but he also broke the laws. He is going to follow the law still. So he cut off his fingers, wears them around his neck as kind of uh, uh, remembers to, to do the right thing, to, to follow the rules. As the person who's creating the rules, I want that guy on my side. Kale, any thoughts? I don't really have many. I mean, I think he's a liability because he doesn't have any fingers, but I think <laughs> otherwise I, I like him. I think he's a he's a good character. I always enjoyed when he was in the scenes. Um, but yeah, not much else. Yeah, I, I like don't. I can't really remember any big moments he had, like big decisions, big, big, uh, you know, influences he had on the show. But I agree. He, unlike uh, Varys, wasn't, that's bald dude's name, Varys? Yeah. Unlike Varys, like he was like a cool guy to watch. So uh, fine pick. No real thoughts. Um, you can move on to your next one, Ty. Okay. Um, shoot. I'm struggling here. I got a couple that I can go back and forth between. Um but I think, you know, Connor talked about Bran and the value of prophecy. So I'm going to stick with that for my next pick, too. Another House of the Dragon pick. Another lady. I'm taking Hella Arian, getting my first dragon in here. Um, and the only thing I really know about her, she's Aegon's wife. We don't know a ton about her. Uh, she's kind of the weird girl that sews the bugs. And so you're probably thinking this is a bad thing right now. But we've seen twice already in this first show. She can see into the future. She has prophecies. What an asset that would be. I'm basically getting Bran, but without the weird stare in the fifth round here where Connor got him in, in the second overall pick. So I'm taking Helena Targaryen. Plus, her children will be dragon riders for me. I mean, I, I think similar for me. I don't 
I don't know enough about her, like the White Worm. I just she's been in this show for like three scenes. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I have much else to say. Yeah, like correct me if I'm wrong. The first time we're introduced to her is when uh, Allison finds out that Aegon basically like raped the little servant girl and then she goes in there to talk to helena and helena i think she's having some sort of weird prophecy she just seemed really weird to me like really weird um again uncomfortable watching her she seemed like she hated her life um so i'm i'm with you on the prophecy i can't knock that that logic with my brand one 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 argument but uh i'm with kale just a, a weird pick tyus I think, isn't she the one that was super obsessed with bugs or something early on, too? Like, I don't know. She had some collection of insects or something, so that's kind of weird, too. Yeah. Yeah, not a great hit, but uh, unlike Connor, I can be friends with people outside my, my work, so I can I, I can live with that. That's awesome. She's helping the kingdom. That's really big of you. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. This is the fifth round, right? Last pick? Yep. Last yep. pick. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that pick of yours pale in comparison, even worse, because you tried to compare Helena to Bran. The one thing that Bran has that nobody else has is the ability to warg. And so with my fifth pick, I am taking Hodor uh, <laughs> again. This is a guy with ultimate strength, and. I wouldn't have taken him if I didn't also have Bran in my council, but I do have Bran. And if you can have Bran warg into Hodor and just have him stand there with his strength, hold off the White Walkers, hold off any foe that comes in the way, um, and you know that he'll be there till the end. He'll give you everything he has, even his life. Um, here's the deal. I've been talking about good hangs. I think he would just have to obey me as the king to keep the Hodors to a minimum. Because, like I said, right now we got me, Tyrion, Jorah, um, and Rhaenyra. We can party. We can have a good time. And then Bran and Hodor can just tickle each other in the corner. No problem. Just shut up, Hodor. Uh, I love my council. I love it. Uh, I think if we learned anything from, from the references in Game of Thrones is that Hodor has quite the hang. Uh, and that's right. That's a big penis joke. Um, but uh, I think it's a terrible pick. Uh, as much as I love Hodor, 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 um, this is your small council, not your army. Like, I'm, I'm imagining that we have a full army, like, serving us still. So these are just the five people that you want helping you make decisions. And you took a guy that can only say one word. I, 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 I don't I don't see the how the logic helps in your council. Uh, Kale, what do you think? I mean, ph phenomenal character, but I agree. Just small council worthy, not at all. I appreciate you actually bringing that up, Tyus, because what what happens in every goddamn small council thing? <laughs> these people get down each other's throats. They all have different ideas. They're all throwing it down. I got enough people to talk through some things, but I don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. Like I said, Hodor and Bran are not going to speak up. Bran will only talk when it matters. Me, Tyrion, the rest of the crew can talk through some things. I don't want too many opinions going on. That's why I like Hodor. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you want Hodor down your throat, don't you? Uh, go ahead, Kale. Oh, my gosh. You're not even giving me a chance to defend myself. <laughs> okay. But anyways, uh, yeah, Kale, Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant, who's it going to be? Um, this is, I mean, this is a lot of pressure. Um, so I have a guy in mind that I'm shocked that he did made it all the way down here, but, and that would 
and I'm not picking him, just to be clear. But I was going to, but I also have my wife as Danny, and I just can't have him. So mm. I pick Johnson. I want to, but there would just be too much weirdness there, so it's not going to happen. But instead, I'll take his brother. Mm, actually, they're not really brothers, but oh, well, I'm going to take Rob Stark. I don't think he got enough love in the show. I don't think he got enough screen time in the show. Just an awesome character. I think he made some questionable decisions, but I think he's got a, a great mind for war and a great, yeah. I mean, he's just a good-looking dude, too, so how can you knock that? Knock it. Uh, super likable dude. Uh, great character. But I think what you mentioned, the decision-making, if these were 2K ratings, uh, he'd be like in the 60s, uh, just with the whole Red Wedding thing. But, but yeah, guy you want on your side, uh, don't hate the big deal. Yeah, I think the red wedding missteps were minor. It didn't really have any too too great <laughs> too great effects. So I'm I'm willing to overlook that. Um, just kidding. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that he is like one of the. I wish his character could have developed into something bigger. I think he's super likable. Always rooting for him. Um, and elite hang. So I I'm glad he got picked. I think he's somebody that that needed to be mentioned. So. That that uh that wraps it up. Tyce, do you want to give a, a very quick recap on who we got, and then we can do some honorable mentions? Yes, yes. Kale, who is your hand, by the way? Uh, that'd be Corliss. Oh. Good pick. Uh, all right, so run through the draft real quick here. Uh, my team, my small council, uh, just with the this begins with the wonderful Marjorie Tyrell. Can't express it to begin how excited I am to have her on my team. Uh, then we got Tywin Lannister, my Saria, the White Worm. Sir Dabo Seaworth, and Helena Targaryen. Then we get Connor's uh, gang of buddies. We got Bran, Tyrion, Rhaenyra, Jorah Mormont, and Hodor. Uh, and then oh. we get to Kale. Uh, he's got Daenerys Targaryen, first of her name, Samuel Tarly, probably first of his name as well, Corlys Valerian, Varys, um, gonna have a hard time with the names there, I bet, you know, and then Rob Stark to close it out. Yeah, uh, so, Kale, we'll let you go first. You mentioned Jon Snow as an honorable mention. Did you have any others? Um, trying to think. We didn't pick... Uh, yeah, Sir Bronn was an honorable mention for me. I think he would have been an awesome one. And he's a great hang, so you would have loved him. Yeah, good with the sword, too. <laughs> um, yeah, we, so what, what, we didn't pick many, uh, many people from the north, from Winterfell. Arya, Sansa... Didn't get picked. Jon Snow didn't get picked. Uh, I had Eddard Barath, Robert Baratheon as king. I wouldn't actually want him, but but we didn't pick many Starks or Baratheons. What was the deal with that? No savvy. No juice. Uh, the, 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 the Starks early on, I mean, Ned, he can't play the game. Um, and then I think just all the other Stark characters, or maybe Sansa, are better served, like, either fighting for you or, like, leading your army instead of being on the small council. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, agree. I think they're all likable characters. Sansa was my closest one to getting picked, but yeah, just couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I had the only yeah, other, the only other guy mentions. that I had. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you go, go guys. Ahead, oh my god. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, uh, I'll go. The only other people I had were Brienne of Tarth, uh, as like a warrior leader, master of war. And then I had Viserys Targaryen. Um, talk about like a guy that just cares a lot. I think he would be an awesome guy to have counsel you. 
And my last one would be Rhaenys Targaryen, Lord Corlys's wife uh, from House of the Dragon. I thought she was very, uh, you know, she got past the point of wanting power, and she wanted what was best for her family, best for her people. I thought she had a lot of good insight. So those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I think Viserys would be a much better hand more council member than a king um but i think that would have been a good one i think yeah yeah i think those are those are all good yeah my only honorable mention and i don't think i was going to pick him but i wanted to hear your thoughts because i think he'd be an interesting council member uh you mentioned we didn't have any north characters bruiser uh but i'm going to give you the most northern character of all and that is the night king do we think the night king would have been a cool a good council member or do you think he would have sucked i was going back and forth we never heard him talk. Um, he would have been good to, to if you could have him on your side, I guess. You know, but I, I think that uh, I think that would have been a bad pick. But I could I could see an argument, I suppose. Yeah, that's why I didn't pick him. My only thoughts were sorry, I let you go in a second, Kale. My only thoughts were that like he's definitely got cunning. Like we see him get the dragon out of the ice lake at the end, and like he knows how to use his powers to 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 attack people, um, and just like the ancient wisdom. He's a force that can't be reckoned with. But, yeah, I don't know how useful he'd actually be. Kale, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have many other thoughts than that. I mean, I think it's I, – I was surprised that he let himself get killed the way he did. So, I don't know. Not too not too great of a yeah. – Yeah, that doesn't get talked up enough about how – this dude, he's been – he was hyped up for eight seasons. And then just when the pressure's on, the lights are the brightest – just absolutely no defense for for the for the attack by the young lass um so I, I that's a that's a that's a con can't handle the pressure um but i think this is gonna be our longest snake draft yet uh kale we appreciate you joining us very fun to uh to talk dragons with you yeah thanks for having me i was pretty upset whenever i got passed over for the mizzou segment so um that was yeah that was a bummer but I, this is definitely a close second so i'm i'm very happy to be on this one Okay, well, that'll uh, wrap it up. Cue the beer song. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Automatic. Still is. I liked beer. I still like beer. Automatic. Still is. But I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. When I was in town, I spent much of my time working out, lifting weights, or hanging out and having some beers with friends. Animal House, Caddyshack, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Working out, lifting weights, too many beers. Automatic, still is. Many nights I worked out with other guys. Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Maura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is.